puns on Jack Miscarvey made is because we're going to I don't even think about it. I hated Steve Smith and I... I... <laughs> Oh, man. I don't I don't even consider them a fucking football team and I haven't for so long. They're ass. Since Cam, since Cam left, they've been nothing but ass on ice. And I I could care less about the Panthers. They're not a real football team. They're the Texans of our division. They suck. Pirates we are Hey, Brocasters! Welcome back to the Buck Bro Podcast. Uh, glad to be with you all as NSC South champions uh, for 2023. That's three times in a row. Your Buccaneers are NFC South champions. Pop some bottles, celebrate. We're going back to the playoffs. I'm joined always by my fellow Buck Bros, Ryan, Zach, and John. Guys, how we feeling? It's back to back to back, baby. We're feeling great. Probably not the most convincing of wins, sure. But all we needed was nine points. The defense put up a zero. The first one we've seen in like 13 years, I want to say. There's n- nothing to be sad of as a Bucks fan after our game. Nine and eight, a better record than last year with Tom Brady. Division champs for the third time running, and we're back again. We get to do this podcast and talk about another game. So, Buck football is still thriving, and uh, couldn't be happier. I love being right. Um, and so having Baker Mayfield show up, join the team, take us to the playoffs, get a better record than Brady last year, uh, all feels good. I don't feel real confident that we haven't scored in eight quarters, but you know, what are you gonna do? Uh, we did win, and we are going to the playoffs, and we are going to host a collapsing Eagles team at home. Uh, we do have the record over the Eagles in the playoffs in our matchups. Uh, we are also, uh, I believe, 5-2 and all-time at home in the playoffs. So this is going to be a, a good game on Monday night and feeling real confident going into this. Uh, yeah, hang the banner. Uh, I think this is a NFC South dynasty, as far as I'm concerned. That's a three-peat. And to John's point, we're not playing on Peacock, which is great. If you're going to be making playoffs, uh, everyone has to watch you in your Monday Night Football. I mean, right, I agree. Like, yeah, it's all good news. That was a tough game to watch. But you know what? Dub's a dub. We don't apologize for victories. Uh, we definitely don't apologize for NFC South titles. So, yeah, let's uh, let's get into the postseason. I have been looping through for my own malicious pleasure, of course, Cam Jordan's little prediction in the beginning of the season where he claimed the Bucks were going to go back to being in Tampa and laughed. I love that because we are back to Tampa. We're back on top. So I just want to give a little shout out to Cam Jordan. Uh, hopefully you'll be watching us from home. In a, in a quick update, at the end of this season with this win, we have tied the Saints for most NFC South championships. We have the most playoff wins in the nfc south we have the most super bowl championships in the nfc Can south you stop giving away all the by the numbers that i'd like to do got him gotta go deeper brace <laughs> john started with the he started with an eagles preview giving uh, stats on the matchup now he's giving up by the numbers 
And that's the number of wins we had against the Eagles. Now it's like, okay, great. Well, well, thanks for listening, everybody. I was just trying uh, to show the team some love, man. I was just trying to show some love. It's, it's, it's. No, I, I love the excitement, man. I, I'm with you guys. Uh, not the prettiest game, but we were back sitting week one. Do we think we win the NFC South? Do you think we have a chance? I mean, we we're on here talking about us tanking for Caleb Williams. Like we had a tracker for Caleb Williams. I was just gonna say, go to the tape. We, you don't, you don't have to say we. That was primarily me, and I. I'll definitely raise my hand. Like I, I was worried we would be seven and ten, and or is that what the Falcons are picking eight? But if nine and eight, and you win a division, I'm not gonna. I'll take that. I'll be wrong about the tank. Oh, I'm sure. I think. Well, maybe not us Bucks fans with our Bucks goggles on, but I'm pretty sure most of the national media had us at like five wins. So nine wins is well exceeding expectations from the nation so i can certainly say from week one perspective even if you had homer goggles on this is still a great outcome and from week eight perspective even better uh, it's amazing (laughs) well i think this was kind of like everybody's pie in the sky you know ceiling scenario right like oh the best they can do is like go nine and eight and win the division and that's exactly what happened and, I mean, you can be inspired by the fact that we won five of the last six games to end the season, right? Like, even though the, the Panthers game was not good, uh, we tried to lose that game in any <laughs> any way possible, really. Um, neither team, let's say neither team's offense came to play. Um, but thank God Antoine Winfield Jr. is so good. Uh, once again, causes forces a fumble, his sixth on the season, by the way, which um, – I believe hasn't been done since 1993 or something like that. But anyway, again, right at the goal line, that's twice he's done that this season where it looks like a surefire touchdown three. He's done it three times. What's the other time other than Atlanta? He did it twice in that game. There was one that was called a touchback. And then there was one that was ruled um, in that same game where it was ruled like a, like a fumble out of bounds. I think you might be right. Okay. So it's his third game kind well this one was more game saving in my opinion i think it was the play of the game for sure but i mean how impactful has this guy been for us this season yet not a pro bowler for some reason jason mccordy came out and named him his defensive player of the year however much weight you want to give jason mccordy hopefully uh the all pro pundits listen to him because safety saying that a safety is depoy yes but the best safety he could have said any safety he said our boy i believe it was um defensive back so that includes corners as well he was the best defensive back in the league this year you know and i like i like mccordy because on good morning football he's the only non-fat white guy so like i appreciate his position so much on good morning football uh a woman host that show uh, leave Jamie Aaron all out of this. She okay. is, well, she's oh, not a okay. fat white well, guy. She, no, 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 no. I mean, uh, if you can't run a 40 in under five seconds, I'm not going like, to, I don't I, care about your opinion. He's also I, the only non-white person. On I, I like Jamie Aaron a lot. Uh, she's great. Follow her on Instagram, uh, for a whole host of reasons. She's wonderful. Uh, but no, Jason McCordy, he's a man. RIP Nate Burleson, right? They kicked him off. Yeah. So in any case, what a solid well let's let's rephrase yeah, pop the brakes a win oh win 
A win is a win, okay? A solid like season. In previous episode, don't lose, and they didn't lose. So that's what I sum up from this game. We're on to the playoffs. We'll get into our playoff preview in a little bit. But, guys, it's probably one of our favorite segments here on the Buck Bros podcast. It's by the numbers. And as I had mentioned, I had to do a little bit more research since John spoiled a few of those. But we'll start with an easy one. How about the number four? The Bucks seed in the playoffs. That is correct, but it's not what I was looking for. Oh. The number of Pro Bowl alternates <laughs> Bucks. Also correct, but again, not the specific number I'm looking for. Wins over the Eagles in the playoffs? No, that would be three. There goes our next by the number. <laughs> that was the first one. I thought John had already stated it. But it does have to do with the playoffs. You better just tell me the answer. I, I guess, yeah, I guess with 2020. I, I was going for fourth straight appearance uh, in the playoffs for the Bucks, And that would be the longest active streak in the NFC. Is four. It, I think it also ties our consecutive streak that we set with Dungey. 99 crew. to 2002, correct. So fourth straight. I mean, after what was it, 19 seasons or? It was what? 07 uh, to no, 13 20. Seasons. 13, yeah, 07 to 20. Yeah, yeah, 13 seasons without the playoffs. We were going back for the fourth straight time. All right. The second number that I'm looking for is 4,044. Baker Mayfield. That's got to be Baker there yards. Go. That, yeah. That's it. That Maybe I should have started with that one. <laughs> yep, that's his pass yards on the season. 4,000 yards. Congrats to Mr. Baker. Hell of a season from our guy. Uh, look forward to see what he does in the playoffs. Our final number is zero. Amount of Saints players in the playoffs. That is correct. No, again, these are correct answers, just not what I'm looking for. I was going to say Falcons, right? We're going <laughs> to pile on. Falcons. Uh, first round picks from Panthers. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> again. First two rounds of them, right? Don't they, don't they give up it, first? It does second? have to do with the Panthers. Zero home wins? Uh, Represents a time. <laughs> zero. Okay. Uh, Like zero amount leading at half or something like that. Like zero. You're very close. You're very close. They never uh, led in the game. Again, that's again, not true, but there's one particular quarter. They never led in. Oh, is it the fourth the quarter. quarter? Yeah, the fourth quarter. Oh, shit. The Panthers in the entire season never led at any point in the fourth quarter. Their two wins were walk-off kicks. So they had never, ever led in the fourth quarter. What so, a miserable season. <laughs> for 17 games, zero minutes leading in the fourth quarter. That's, that's atrocious. Um, but it's nice when it happens to a division rival. Am I right? Much better when it happens to somebody else. <laughs> that used to be our team. Well, I don't know if the Bucks ever stooped that low, but you know, we used to have to have those awful, you know, record setting loser stats. I remember fifty six to nothing in Thursday yeah, night. Yeah, I hey mean, now we're a perennial yeah. playoff team. 
four times straight, straight, baby. Four times straight. That that's perennial, right? Like that that's gotta meet that perennial threshold. Division dynasty. All right. Well, before we get into our playoff preview against the Philadelphia Eagles, I want to bring up a topic that's been very debated since the end of the season. Um, It involves two of our NFC South rivals, the Saints and the Falcons. For our listeners who may have been watching that game as they were watching the Bucs game, kind of keeping track of the NFC South there at the end of the season to see who would win, you might have noticed that the Saints scored a late touchdown against the Falcons out of victory formation. Um, That obviously angered Arthur Smith, and he voiced his frustrations to Dennis Allen after the game was over in the middle of the field during their handshakes. Uh, It later came out that it was not Dennis Dennis Allen's call for it to go for that touchdown. It indeed came from the players, and specifically – came from Jameis Winston after a vote with everybody in the huddle. Uh, Jameis kind of spoke about it after the game, said it was a team decision. He's, you know, apologized to his coach and he has respect for the Falcons, but if he had to do it again, I'm sure he would. So let's talk a little bit more, get a little bit more in depth on this. Let's start with Buck Ryan. What's your take on the situation? My my take on the situation is, I liked it as a fan of football. I think hatred is great, especially in division rivalries. And I think there's not a whole lot of that, especially in the NFC South. So as far as I'm concerned, if you were the Saints, fuck the Falcons, you know, go kick their ass. Who cares? But I had a problem with Dennis Allen's reaction and saying, oh, I apologize to Arthur Smith when he got up on the podium. It's like, ah, I just felt like, why are you apologizing to the opposing team? Who cares about them? You know, I get that he's upset, but screw it. But it's obvious Dennis Allen does not have a pulse on the team because all of the teammates on Instagram were backing up. Jabu wins too. I said it on what the fuck. He's a clown. But yeah, it's it's clear that Dennis Allen doesn't have his team. I think if I were a Saints fan, I would have liked him to come out and say, the Falcons get what they get. Who cares? But that's just me. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think in discussions, it's not so much that they went for a score. It's that they scored out of victory formation, which is historically, and it's kind of a common courtesy to all, you know, it's kind of a, hey, good game. We're not going to, you know, we see it on both sides, sportsmanship, right? Like that's, that's the point. Does it break the sportsmanship barrier? And I would think that it kind of does. I have no problem if you want to go score on the Falcons. I'm with you, Ryan. Fuck them. They're your division rival. I want to lay it to you. I want to score 50 on you every time we play. But at least line up and run the ball. Like, at least they should have just lined up, gave it to uh, Jamal Williams and said, all right, if you're going to score, go score on a normal play. You know, it's a little bit out of bounds, in my opinion, to kind of dupe a team when – you know, you know, it's almost a guaranteed touchdown. You're at the one yard line, you know, so I don't know. That's just how I feel. I, and I just think it it, it it kind of fits Jameis's character. Like he's just this clown that goes out. You know, he's not even the starting quarterback. He's the backup quarterback. I get little attention. I might as well get as much attention as I possibly can out of this season by pulling some stunt like this, and then and then I'm going to be talked about 
and nobody's going to be talking about Derek Carr. So, I mean, if that was his play, well done, Jameis. You're back into the conversation. You've been out of it for about three years. When you're in the ring, you keep your gloves up. Protect yourself at all times. That's how it works, okay? You didn't step on the field to to shake hands and be like, oh, there's still time on the clock. And I, if you don't want to get scored on, block them. If you don't want to get fucking dunked on, guard them. I I don't know what else to say. They they went out there and they scored a touchdown. Scoring out of the victory formation is no different to me than faking a punt or faking a kick or doing that thing where you pretend to sub a guy off the field, then you put him out wide and you throw a deep shot to him. That's what you do. Sometimes you run trick plays. And just because it came in the closing seconds of a game that they were up three scores, who cares? Get over it. I... I'm disgusted by the fact that their coach went out and apologized for his players scoring a touchdown. That's ridiculous. Uh, you, How do you have any respect for your players, and how are they supposed to have any respect for you if you go out there and apologize to the other team's coach because they decided as a team to go score a touchdown? Also, why is it Jameis Winston's fault that this guy ran the touchdown in? If Jameis didn't want to give it to him, he could have just fucking taken a knee, and that would have been the end of the game. Jameis, did, Jameis Winston didn't go out there and say, hey, guys, let's have a vote. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he did. He most exactly certainly what he did. did. I do yes. not think he just yes. ran in and they were like, oh, hey, Jameis, we've all decided that you need to hand the ball off to me. Okay. Like, I know that was Jameis's idea, they, bro. They I know that no. was his idea. All of them yeah, could have yeah. they didn't. My only concern, like, one, like, Bucks fans, are we have a uh, – unique experience because we have the Greg Schiano incident when a team was in victory and we decided to all out attack them. And that caused a big commotion in the media because what are you doing? Safety. No one is expecting you to do this. They're just trying to go home and get out of there. Why are you lunging at everybody? Uh, I mean, I understand like that is a concern because you do have, you know, seven guys in line of scrimmage who are expecting nothing to happen. And then people potentially are blocking and running into them and they don't see it coming. I understand it's football, but I think part of the rules of engagement of football is I know when you're lined up against me and you're not going to run a play based on the formation in this one scenario, and I shouldn't have to expect in that situation that you're going to try to run a play. So that part of it, I think, is like a legitimate criticism. Uh, no one would care if you weren't lined up in victory, like we said. Like that's That's the issue. You wave the white flag kind of for them, and then you went right at them. Um, I think Jameis is, as Ryan said, a clown. He definitely is just wanting to like insert himself. He can say it's about Jamal all he wants. Jamal's a grown-ass man. Uh, he does not need Jameis Winston changing the play so he can get a touchdown. The man scored 17 last year. He knows what it takes to score touchdowns. He scored zero in 18 weeks because he was doing something else. He changed his role. He played football. They paid him just as much. Uh, it's not like he needed this. I doubt his contract incentive was one rushing touchdown. If that was the case, I feel like, okay, well, maybe just line up and run the goddamn ball. Uh, it's just a shitty look because it's like Jameis is not your quarterback. He is a distraction constantly. Uh, this is what he does. He will never be a starter in the league again. I feel confident saying that. He will be a backup. He'll be an insurance policy. And I guess he's a locker room guy. I feel like half the guys have to roll their eyes though around him because he's obnoxious. Uh, and he was also gaslighting that reporter in the locker room, which I thought was... I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe he's just an idiot. And he doesn't realize what he's doing. But uh, he, that post conference or that press conference in his locker room was terrible. Uh, the man is 
He's a clown, I think someone said. You're not you're not gonna catch me defending James Winston. He's an idiot. Um I don't know. I just I take exception to this idea that you can't punish your opponent. Um and you can. It's just like it's like call, it's like calling a ceasefire and then bombing the shit out of the person that you claim to have a ceasefire with. It like, was deceptive. It was deceptive and but it's very on brand for the Saints. Like I was I vividly remember in twenty twenty Brady's first game in New Orleans, they had the game in hand with like no time left and the ball like at the two or inside the five or whatever, and they were not stopping. They were gonna keep moving the ball and trying to score. But they weren't in victory formation. So like yeah, I think it's like you're just trying to run the score up because it's a division opponent and it's Tom Brady or whatever in that scenario. But this is a little different. Just don't come out in, in victory formation. And don't like and also Jameis not realizing when the reporter said you play these guys twice a year and he said, Well, we already played them twice. Okay. Next year, you will play this team twice. Uh, how like how thick is this guy? I don't understand. Oh, yeah. he's he's dumber than hell. Yeah. Oh. I, I guess that's my like when I say I have a problem with this Allen apologizing, like I get that it's deceptive in the victory formation. I get that argument, but it's not deceptive for the team they're playing against. They're doing it because they're decepting their coach. Like they lined up in victory formation because they didn't want Dennis Allen to know that they had called a different play. They wanted him to know that this was the play that he called until it wasn't. So I have a problem with it because it seems like you said, the villain role fits the saints. And it seems like the players enjoy that villain role. Like, to me, Jameis definitely inserted himself, but the team made a selfish decision to go out and take that play for the team's morale, the collective decision that he said in that in that interview. So to me, it's like, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I, you know, the victory formation I get, but that's, again, directed at the coach, in my opinion, not at the other team. What, what good is team morale in week 18? <laughs> going to the that's, what, that's, what, that's what I'm getting. Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't have a problem with it from the coaching perspective, because to me, it's kind of like lean into being the villain. Like what I like about Antonio Pierce and the Raiders is I think of the Raiders as people who inflict pain and want to like destroy you. And Antonio Pierce is a great head coach there because he adopts that role. Yeah. Culture fit. And yeah. The best thing for us that this game, Dennis Allen probably stays their head coach because they went so convincingly, which is well, great for us because he is I mean, a terrible head coach. Yeah, to your point, Ryan, I doubt Sean Payton apologizes for that. And because he was that, he played that role for the Saints for so long. I don't think Dennis Allen is that kind of guy. Um, and clearly, the Saints of old continue to be, regardless what Dennis Allen wants it to be. I mean, I agree. I think it, it shows he has lost control of the locker room a little bit. Maybe not control, but um, respect. He's like lost definitely yeah, he's, he's lost the players' respect. It, yeah. I mean, like they were publicly coming out and saying Jameis is a great teammate and we all wanted to make the call. Like they're backing up the guy who went against the head coach and the head coach apologized to the other team for. Like that's to the me guy doesn't play. He's also just not their quarterback. Like, yeah, his he's performance a clown. is nothing to them. I like, know. If Dennis and maybe Dennis Allen is being phony here and trying to save a little face because if he really gave a shit, he could have cut Jameis Winston next day. That's what I'm saying. He need he needed to cut him. Like then I I agree with Shannon Sharp. If I was Dennis Allen, I would have cut him immediately. 
Don't come in the locker or after that at conference. Pack your shit. Get the fuck out of here. Go find another team because I ain't putting up with that crap. But he, but he's not going to do that. There's one thing we can all agree on in nationwide this week right now, and especially in Atlanta, and that's fuck the Saints. I say I'm it every week. I hate day. the Saints. I hate them. <laughs> in, in in order of like NFC South rival rivalry hatred, Saints are definitely number one. But we got a big game coming up. Super wild card weekend. Monday night football. 8.15 p.m. Monday night in Raymond James Stadium. The Philadelphia Eagles come into town, or should I say limp into town. Uh, they have lost five of their last six and got absolutely pummeled um, by the Giants last week. Uh, they you know, will probably say they pulled their starters midway, but they were still getting their ass kicked before the starters went out. A.J. Brown got hurt. Jalen Hurts bent his middle finger. Uh, their starting safety is towards ACL. He's out. So they are hurting coming here into Raymond James Stadium. Guys, we're back in the playoffs, hosting another home game. Big time atmosphere. What's your thoughts? What what are, what are the keys to the game? Let's start with Buck Rose, Zach. It, it, like Jalen Hurts is their offense. Uh, and there's been a script for the past like two months uh, with Jalen Hurts. It's real. He cannot read a defense. It's as simple as keeping him behind the line of scrimmage, just staying sound in your coverage, and keep containing him. It's broken places where he eats. Uh, he has looked like dog water since like the Chiefs game. I mean, it's been bad. They've lost five of six. We've won five of six. They're trending the exact opposite way. Their defense, like the Eagles team we played. It's like not even worth using that as a reference point. They are a completely different team now. Defensively, they're hurt and they're bad. Uh, offensively, they've become really uh, just stale with their play calling. They clearly miss having Gannon uh, or, or Shane Steichen. Like they miss all of their coaches that they've lost because they look well. They look lost. Uh, I think the like the big opportunity for us is to try to get Baker back into like that Jags. Uh, Packers, Baker, because this is a secondary. You can touch them up, and I, I, I think we, honestly, I think countered a lot of the games where we're like, we just need to make it ugly. I think we have to like burn this game. We have to really push after them, push the ball, because I don't. I think their offense, if they have to start chasing, we're getting into a shootout. I trust us to make fewer mistakes turning the ball over than them. I think their offense is really bad right now, and as you said, injured. I kind of like a, a script that's like a like a barn burner versus like a gritty keep it close game. I want to see us try to touch them up. Yeah, I'm with you, Zach. Uh, obviously, Eagles on the downtrend. Like you said, five out of six losses. Started ten and one. Now they're facing us at home as a five seed, and then kind of opposite for us, right? Five out of six. Not looking great these last two games, but looking better than we did in the midseason form. Um, I think my key to the game, kind of similar to yours, uh, what we've seen in the past few games is Baker doesn't, the offense stalls out in the beginning of the game, and then Baker gets the yips, and he starts either holding on the ball too long, not looking downfield, or just throwing balls that really don't have a chance. So the key to the game for me is we need to get the offense to start fast. 
They have to start fast. And I think that goes hand in hand with what you're saying, which is attack the game, right? So we got to, we have to get Baker comfortable. We have to get him feeling like he's making throws, like he's on time and that we get a couple of points, uh, you know, a few points early on to kind of settle us in the game. I think if we do that, we have a good chance. If the Eagles come out fast and we have to catch up, we're probably going to struggle. So start fast. I don't mind starting slow as long as the defense hangs tough. And our defense, I think, is good enough to carry us to a win in this round. Later on, you know, if we've got to play the Lions or the Cowboys or something, that might be a different story. Um, but yeah, you guys are hundred percent right. We, we go typically as Baker goes and we have to get Baker on fire when he's feeling himself. He's phenomenal. And this is a secondary that he can beat. Um, and we have the players to do it. And so I would love to come out like we did early in the Panthers game, which was throwing the ball a lot. I, I like that. We started off instead of attempting to establish the run, we came out there and attempt to establish throwing the ball. Um, I, I would like to see more of that. I would like to see Godwin get in the mix earlier. I would like to see Trey Palmer sit and get more on the field more often uh, and Jarrett on the field more often. They are obviously the better receivers right now. Um, and, and I would love to see uh, a little bit more of Kate Otten uh, because he has just looked dynamic when he has gotten a hold of the ball. Yeah, I um, agree with you, John. I, I do want to see a little bit more unpredictability from the offense. Um I think we are by a good margin, the first team in the NFL and heavily doing this where it's run, run, pass. Like those are the coming out of a first down or getting the ball. That is the script. And it's been that way for two years. And we were screaming at Byron left, which stopped doing it. And uh, for a time there, especially specifically in the green Bay and Jacksonville game, we did pass it a little bit more and we got Baker more involved early and more confident and, then as he gets more confident, he starts making those throws that are a little bit harder or a little bit in a closer window. Um, and the offense opens up and it opens up the running game. So I'm hoping to see that offense in this game. I think they're capable of doing it. Hopefully Baker's a little healthier this week. Um, hopefully the ribs are a little bit more shored up. He can put a little more zing on the ball, um, get it downfield a little bit further. And if he can do those things, I, I think the offense can score points to your point, Zach, the secondary for the Eagles has not been good the last six weeks. I mean, the defense overall hasn't been great. When you're asking for Matt Patricia to, you know, take over for your defense, something's up because I don't know if they watched his time in Detroit, but it was pretty bad. So anyway, on the other side of the ball, defense needs to keep doing what they're doing. Get off the field on third down, probably keep the Eagles out of third and one or shorter. We don't want to see a whole lot of that stupid tush push from them that they're so successful at doing. So keep them to like third and mediums, third and longs. Um, and Jalen Hurts has been turnover prone recently. He's thrown five interceptions in his last five games. Hopefully we can continue that trend, get a couple of turnovers. Maybe Antoine Winfield Jr. can force a couple more fumbles for this game. Um, and then obviously convert in the red zone. I think it's the other big key for me is uh, when we get down to the red zone, got to put seven on the board or at least come away with points. Uh, but you'd like to put seven and this kind of fits with all you guys the mentality of the game let's get out early let's get out to an early touchdown 
double digit score lead and really put it to the Eagles to have to kind of find a way. Like they're already kind of in this shattered mentality, losing five out of six. If you can kind of deflate them even more, they're going to start really pressing. And I think we can take advantage of that. So speaking of all of our prediction or all of our game previews, let's go into predictions. What do you guys got for this game? Um, okay. So I'm going to try to use the, rubric of the book lines for it the totals 44 were three point dogs i think uh i think it's probably over that number i'll say 27 20 bucks yeah i'm gonna think along the same lines this is gonna look like one of those pin pick comes from the nfl network where everybody's in the 20 range yeah. I think I'll go a little closer. The Bucks not known to put up a whole lot of points, so I think we'll probably score around 23 uh, on a good side, and we got to keep them under that. So I'll say 23-20 Bucks. I, I want to add specifically 27-20 with Jalen Hurts throwing an interception uh, as they try to tie it up late. Uh, Carlton Davis. And I'm going to go ahead and take 31-24 Bucks, two picks. I like the scores, gentlemen. Uh, I'm kind of in the mindset with Zach and Ryan a little bit more. I think you'll be closer to low 20s, uh, whoever wins. I just don't think the Eagles offense is going to be putting up a lot of numbers, specifically because they've got injuries and they just haven't looked overall or that good. But on the flip side, we haven't looked that good on offense either. We haven't scored a touchdown in eight straight quarters. So um, I'm hoping and praying that that does not continue. We see some touchdowns this game i think we'll see two plus a field goal i got this one or excuse me two field goals so i got this one at 20 to 17 bucks the the line for like total points of the bucks is 20 and a half so i think you guys are maybe a little more on it i might be a little john and i are, are, are thinking big i want it big baby Let, let's put 31 up on the board that'd be great man I, i'd love to see it all right, well, that's a preview to our playoff game, but there are so many other great games going on this weekend. Super wild card weekend, as you're supposed to say. Um, so I want to kind of delve in a little bit into more of the other games that are going on. Um, is there a game that you guys are kind of looking forward to specifically? Yeah, ton of great storylines and super card or super wild card weekend. The one I'm looking forward to the most, couple of teams um, that switched quarterbacks a few years ago. Jared Goff and Matt Stafford were traded for each other. And uh, Matt Stafford ends up winning the Super Bowl. Now they're meeting in the playoffs. And Matt Stafford's making his return to Detroit. Detroit finally in the playoffs have a home game for that uh, it's going to be a great game. It's going—I know Detroit fans are going to bring a live atmosphere. They're going to see, you know, somebody they rooted for probably in that 2021 playoff run. Now they're going to be rooting against, and, and they're going to have a personal stake with their team in the playoffs for the first time in a while. So uh, I'll be rooting for Detroit. I kind of have a soft spot for them ever since Dan Campbell took over, but that'll be a great game. Great storylines, and I'm sure we'll see some excited fans in Detroit. I've been getting berated with memes uh, for that game with the Lions being Master Shifu and 
Stafford being <laughs> Ty Lung, and now he's come back. Uh, what are the what's the over under on the amount of Matthew Stafford Lions jerseys in the crowd? Oh, <laughs> I have thousands. Yeah, they're gonna be a lot. Yeah, I wonder if the Lions did something similar where you could like the Browns did, where you can like come in and trade in your old, you know, jersey that you had for like a new one. Who knows? But uh, John, you got a game you're looking forward to? Absolutely. Uh, really looking forward to the Steelers at Buffalo. I I really appreciate Mike Tomlin's ability to stay relevant and keep his team in it, even when they look bad. Um, and the Buffalo Bills, to me, have not really passed the eye test all season. Um, they've looked way worse than their record reflects. And I expect them to lose in this first round and go home pretty quickly. Um, I just I, I don't think that they've got it figured out right now. And yeah. I actually have all of the away teams in the AFC winning this weekend as my picks, but that's the one that I'm most looking forward to. You have the Dolphins winning in 10 degree, but will feel like negative three degree weather in Kansas City. Yes, they're the better team by a wide margin. Well, okay. Zach, what game are you looking forward to? Um, Aside from our own, I think, I mean, obviously I like, the uh, the games that have been mentioned, um, but the Packers and the Cowboys playing has a lot of good storylines. Obviously, you know Mike McCarthy gets to play his old team in the playoffs. Last time they played in the playoffs, Des Bryant didn't score a touchdown, allegedly, <laughs> and the Packers uh, beat them. That was in Lambeau, I think. But still, I mean, it'll be. What's the over-under on how many times the Des Bryant play gets shown on television during that game? Or Mike McCarthy and a Packers At <laughs> outfit? At least like three times. It's going to come up. Uh, but it's also, I, I think it's a, a, just a good game on paper. Uh, anyhow, the Packers are kind of storming into the playoffs a little bit. Cowboys, they get them at home. This is kind of the only way they can win a game. So I, I think it'll be a fun game to watch. I think it'll be a, a pretty uh, high-scoring game. And that's, you know, points are fun. So that game is one I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, as well as Ryan's mentioned and, and John's. Didn't they have a, a toe tapper playoff game where like Mason Crosby kicked the winning field goal? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that, was that after? Oh, that, like, yeah. That yeah. After. Week, um, rookie season where like uh, Rogers threw it to Rogers or whatever, like for, yeah, to your point, it was like a tiptoe. Yeah, it was like a play, and they kicked the winning field goal in Dallas. Yes, yeah. Uh, okay, so maybe okay. Here's a new narrative: uh, Cowboys keep losing to the Packers, <laughs> and now they have the coach of the Packers. I mean, all the pressures on Dallas, right? Like again, oh, McCarthy loses Green his Bay's job if they lose. House money. Um, yeah, nobody expected him to make the playoffs, and yet here they are, and uh, you know, so they're gonna they're young enough to do something stupid, right? Like. <laughs> Yeah, they, they are there and beat Dallas. Dallas beat itself. I feel like it, Dallas is probably going to win because their defense is just so so solid, especially at home. Like, yeah. it's really really good. Um, but who knows? So. Pa- Packers are the only team to ev- evade the Bucks. Uh, you know, black touch uh, team we beat made the playoffs. I think every other team, any other team we beat, make the playoffs. I think it's supposed to be called colored touch. 
No, I literally meant the color. Um, I no, think, we, we uh, only won against one playoff team. So if they're in the playoffs, the we didn't beat them other than the Packers. Yeah. So, I mean, say something nice. That's a, a feat in and of itself. We should have beaten had we, they wouldn't be in the playoffs because know, right? one more loss. I, mean, I was thinking about that too. I'm like, we did the Jags zero favors. We kicked their ass, <laughs> we, really... we played them, and then we lost the game. We should have absolutely won. That would have kept them in the playoffs. And so. the Colt, the Colts too. Both Colts and Texans yeah. were only in that position because we couldn't win. Fuck you, Jackson. <laughs> that really, yeah, I didn't think about it that way. <laughs> we we did everything they didn't need us to do. <laughs> um, selfishly, I guess a little bit. Um. I'll be probably most into or most interested in the Browns Texans game primarily and mostly due to the fact that my wife is a big Browns fan. Uh, you know, Brownie is in there for the second time in since they've been a, 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 fran- a new franchise since 99s or excuse me, to be the third time they've been in the playoffs since they um, in since 99. Kelly Holcomb. Um, <laughs> Kelly Holcomb. And then, who is the other quarterback? Who I was going to say, is she playoffs? is she John. a Bucks fan now? Other than she's a Baker fan, yeah. I mean, Baker, obviously, yeah. she's a Bucks fan because she has to be, but she's more of she's more liking being a Bucks fan because of Baker Mayfield. Um, but who doesn't Baker enjoy Flacco, being a Bucks fan because of Baker? What's up? I said, who doesn't enjoy being a Bucks fan more because of Baker Mayfield? I mean, I love. I mean, Baker's personality is is Kyle awesome. Trask. That you know, quote of him on the, you know, telling the team, impose your will. This is for the fucking playoffs. Like, oh, man. Oh, and then coming up to Rashad White and being yeah. like, let's go. Welcome to the playoffs. Oh. oh you know, so I will can say. You, like, can you thinking... say impose your will and then score nine points against Carolina? <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, it was impose your will. We'll get this first down and get us to the playoffs. I know. Still... Carolina got in the end zone twice and didn't score any points. At least they touched the turf. <laughs> You know, what I will say, I know earlier this episode we said, thinking back at the beginning of the season, do we think we'd be where we are? If I'm thinking back to the beginning of the season, I'd say Baker won me over. You know, I thought he was a kind of gap quarterback. Um, You know, he's not, I don't know how much shelf life he has, but he definitely played above what I expected this season. So kudos to him and the rest of the Bucs. He exceeded expectations by far. I mean, maybe not John's expectations because he was the one – champion him since the end of last season so as john mentioned he was right and he likes being right so there you go but four touchdowns yeah like i mean the guy has a lot of shelf life bro he's same age as josh allen and patrick mahomes like he's 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 got a long way to go bro that's true he's he's not maybe he's just entering his prime right at the right time here in tampa bay he was never given a chance to get to his prime. We're going to give him that chance. I hope so. I mean, he's definitely earned it. But, yeah, I mean, great start to getting that extension and that big-ass contract is go beat the Eagles on Monday night. That's what I'm hoping for. But, yeah, it's going to be a great wild-card weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Football all weekend. The real season starts now, and the Bucks are included. Hell, yeah. So pumped. Can't wait. Um. But before we kind of wrap things up, we wanted to announce the winner of our final trivia question of the year. Uh, Before we get into that, I really just want to thank everybody who participated on our social media this year. It's been a lot of fun um, doing these questions and trivia contests with you guys. Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed some of the prizes that we've had along the way. 
Thank you for following us on Instagram, subscribing to our podcast um, as a part of the participation. Uh, we really enjoy it, and we're going to continue doing that for seasons to come. Uh, but with that being said, drum roll, please. John, who do we have as the final winner for our trivia contest this year? Our final winner for this season is going to be Kelly. And we appreciate your participation. We actually appreciate everyone's participation this week, uh, giving us some good feedback, talking about the games with us, talking about uh, what y'all have been seeing. And, and that's maybe something that we'll lean into uh, next year as well as getting you all involved in, in more of the discussion. Um, so thank you all once again. Thank you, Kelly, for winning this last prize and going in last week on the trivia. And, and thank you all once again for participating with us. Yeah, you're here. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I just wanted to say, yes, I echo all of that. And also, um, we still have another item to address before we're done with this. You you left it off of the... the oh, uh, oh Zach, I did. did Zach I? has to announce his winnings of that. <laughs> the only goddamn fantasy league. No, 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 I think we got everything. It's covered, right? Yeah, yeah, that's not important. Uh, no, yeah, we got no, unfinished you're, business. You're right. Um, we do have to announce... I am interested in standings of the Buck Bros Fantasy Football League. Pull up the big screen, boys. Pull up the big screen. I want to see it. I want to see it, baby. The floor is yours, Zach. Here we go. It's been a great season. I just want to thank all of uh, my fellow competitors uh, before we get into this. All right. Week 18. What a week. Uh, as some of you may know, uh, avid football fans, sometimes guys don't play week 18 because there's just no reason. You can't move in seating. Uh, you've already locked up your spot or you're out of contention. There's no reason to get hurt. I uh, think of some teams that are in a scenario like that. Uh, obviously, you know, the, the Ravens, the Niners, the Browns. Uh, so with that, let's just jump into uh, how we did last week. And the Browns, their starting tight end uh, for the first 17 weeks was David Njoku, not in week 18. Did not stop John from taking him. Uh, here he is. D- David Njoku scored zero points. Uh, Baker put up 6.18. John for the week had 6.18. That is our low point. I he believe. did it. He did it. Yeah, I'm double checking, uh, tabulating here. It was yeah. like 11 before. Yeah, there's no, there, this is the first single digit we've had. Yeah, but my man, hell yeah, going out and playing glory. <laughs> he went from S- Smith and Jigba to David and Joku. All right, what so did with Smith that, Jigba get whatever his name is more than zero. I'll look it up. Hold on, I'll look it up. Our previous low was twelve point five, just better than half of that. Uh, so with that, John's total moved to four forty nine. Point one four for the year. Uh, next, we have Buckbro Bryce. Uh, he had Jordan Love and Mike Evans going. Jordan Love had a good game, uh, 18.54. Mike, not so much, 5.2. Total for the week, 23.74. And a final tally of 566.26. Ryan lead, uh, leaded, led. Led's the word. He led all scorers this week. With his combination of Brees Hall, who balled out, and Chris Godwin, he had 40 and a half points this week. Brought his total up to 564.86. Painfully in third place. Because of two points? 
Pick Very up close. Two, two. I said two points. <laughs> it's like, yeah, one and a half points robbed you. Um, but lastly, not a great week for myself. Justin Fields and Rashad White, only 21.92. But it does take my total up to 586.94. Good enough for the win. So our podium uh, is going to be Ryan in third, Bryce in second, and myself in first. Uh, it's been a great year. How do you have a podium when you only have four people? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, John, you were very close to getting on the podium. I was going to say three of those people are within 25 points of each other. And then there's John. (laughs) John looks like he took a few weeks off. Can we just go through his list of picks for like non Chuba Hubbard in like week six is my favorite. (laughs) Yes. Bill Levin. Hubbard, Daniel Jones, <laughs> Josh Dobbs, RIP, uh, Kate Browning, Zach Wilson. This is like a, it's like you went to PFF ratings and started at the bottom and went up with some of the picks, but it was, it was creative. There were some hits uh, for sure in there. Yeah, I'm sure. Lamar. He double clicked when he'd sorted by points. That's the problem. No, when he had Dak, Dak had 38. Almost 39 points. Um, that was really good. Does he have a, a a high for the week? That's what I need to see. He had a huge week, one week. Damn, week 15, we all did well. Holy shit. Yeah, that is our, as a group, our highest. Um, no, Yeah, week 15. Week 15, John was the highest, 49, because Jake Browning. Oh, well, Baker went to town that week he had 30 points yeah Yeah. that was a big pull a great season everybody it's pretty cool yeah that 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 was fun as shit yeah i had a lot of fun with that yeah yep so uh congratulations zach thank you congrats congrats will i be getting a 40 dollar fanatics gift card uh if you tag your friend dollars worth of fanatics you absolutely can (laughs) Okay, I'll put it on the company card. Put it on, yeah. Charge it to charge it to the company. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, um, hopefully we'll be doing a game preview next week. Um, as we play the Eagles Monday night. I'm very confident that we'll go into this uh with a great mindset and coming out real focused, and we're gonna get that dub. And we're going to continue our path to the NFC divisional round. Gentlemen, it has been a pleasure talking Buck Bros, or sorry, talking Bucks football with you guys this season. I look forward to talking more with you guys as the playoffs continue. But as always, like we like to wrap up our episodes here, let's give a big go Bucks. Go Bucks. We ain't done yet, baby. We ain't done. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Plus three home dogs. Hey, I love that mods, boys. It went, up, it went up from two and a half? Yep. Ooh, shit. They're getting in now. <laughs> They're giving you points, home team. Yeah, I heard uh, Mike Florio yesterday say that um, if the Niners like are the matchup for our game, which we'll know going into it, that he feels like the the Bucks are 
more likely to win that game just because psychologically the Eagles may be somewhat checked out knowing that a win here means they have to go to San Francisco and play that team again. 